SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. Silent Night's one of the most famous Christmas hymns of all time, and for a lot of us, having a silent night this time of year feels next to impossible with all the wrapping and the shopping and the baking and then our kids' activities thrown in the mix, party planning. We're actually talking about those silent nights, the words in these songs with Susie Larson today at SWS Radio. How are you, Susie? I'm well, Scott. Great to be back with you again today. You know, we think about this season of Advent, and we think about preparing room for God in our life. And it's kind of wild because... That essentially is the whole reason we're celebrating the Christmas season, but all the busyness tends to eclipse that. That's really true, and I think that's why we need to preempt that ahead of time to decide what we want the season to look like. I mean, Advent in itself means arrival and coming, and as you said, uh, you know, not only enter into an Advent mindset just to honor the fact that Jesus came, but truly we enter in with a mindset that his return is nearer than it's ever been before. And I hear so many Christians, Scott, you know, really get start out so excited because they love the season because it's really a time when faith conversations are just so plentiful that you can talk to unbelievers even about faith. But usually a few days in, maybe a weekend, they're counting the days till Christmas is over so they can focus on Jesus again because they get caught up in the rat race of it all. And I just say, it just doesn't have to be that way. This is a sacred opportunity to encounter God and, and hear from Him, and really even get some revelation about what the year's been like, what God wants you to know, you know, what kind of baggage and lies you picked up when life lets you down, how He wants you to enter the next year. So to me, it's worth it, so worth it to say, Lord, I want to create some space this season to really be purposeful that I hear from you and give space to honor you. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed by the party planning, we forget about who we're celebrating. I'm Scott Harold on SWS Radio. We're talking with Susie Larson, and she's a best-selling author. You wrote a new book called Advent, Prepare and Room. And, you know, I have two kids at home, and I remember the years when they were just about to turn a year old. And my wife and I, we start organizing the big fancy party to celebrate their first birthday, the milestone and the development that's happened. But then you kind of get sucked into all the party planning mode, and then it's about the cakes and the napkins and the decorations and who's coming. And you sort of forget about the milestones that we started to celebrate and realize, wait, my kid can't even open a box on their own. I'm missing it. Very true. Very true. Yeah, that's why you see Jesus is the reason for the season everywhere. It is true. And uh, again, this isn't like an ought to or a should do. It's not even a legalistic, you know, you better do. It really is an invitation to encounter God, because he's always up to something new. He's got things he wants to say to each of us. And there's nothing that would make your holiday season, your Christmas season, more sacred than to hear the voice of God, to get a sense of his presence and the things that he wants to talk with you about. And one thing I'll say, Scott, is that because of all we've been through in the last couple of years, everybody has trauma of some kind. Everybody has lost and hurt and disappointment of some kind. And when we shove that down into the basement of our souls and we don't really deal with it, what we'll tend to do without even thinking about it is use these few weeks to just overindulge and self-indulge to kind of throw caution to the wind going, I deserve some of this, you know, I've been suffering or these things, you know, it's so much work to keep that stuff suppressed. And so, you know, here's an opportunity to just eat and drink and be merry so you don't have to feel it. But the thing that when you do that, you literally do cross out of the, come out of this year, cross over to the next year, feeling toxic overindulged, maybe you've um, overspent, and you feel like you have to make up the ground that you've lost. And I'm saying there's a big difference between enjoying a good party and enjoying the fun of the season 
and indulging so you don't have to feel pain. And, you know, Scripture says that, you know, when Jesus returns, it will be as in the days of Noah. In other words, people will be partying hardy. Well, why is that? Because in the days of Noah, in the true days of Noah, times were so wicked. There was so much lawlessness that, you know, when lawlessness is at work, the most vulnerable suffer. Well, that is a lot to take in. So people were partying and indulging so they didn't have to feel what was really going on. Well, again, we're there today. And I think the temptation, if we're not careful, is to just go, I deserve this. And I'm going to dump in and, and just, you know, indulge so I don't have to feel, but at great cost to our souls. So this truly, to me, is an invitation to go, let's practice some restraint about some things, if we're going to those things to not have to feel. Because this might be a Christmas season for you to actually heal. This might be the season that God wants to speak to you about some of the losses you've encountered. And I pray that that doesn't sound legalistic. It really is a sacred invitation to meet with God so He can help you sort through your story. I hope as you're listening to the Christmas music on SOS Radio, you're finding encouragement, you're finding some healing through this Christmas season, but not getting sucked into all the hustle and bustle that every other Christmas song is written about. When you listen to the words in these Christmas carols, they're telling the story of Jesus. And I think because we've heard them so often, we sort of gloss over those. And we're talking with Susie Larson. She's a best-selling author. And you just wrote a new book. It's actually an Advent devotional. It's called Prepare Him Room. And I think a lot of times we're celebrating the season and the fun and we forget that Jesus is the life-changing transformative story of a baby that was born to save the world. God inserting himself into the world that he created so he could have a personal relationship with us. That's what we're celebrating, Susie. Mm. Somebody got to give me an amen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. And on the I think it was day 1 of the advent I explore Zechariah and Elizabeth's story because I, I, the whole uh, Advent book walks through Luke's gospel, which to me is such a beautiful journey to take in the Advent season, reading a chapter of Luke a day. But, you know, right away you see that Zechariah and Elizabeth were described in words that normally you wouldn't want to see in the same sentence, and righteous and barren, honorable and heartbroken. These were two people who honored God, who kept their hearts in it, who loved God. Scripture says they were honorable. And yet she was barren. And in those days, barrenness was, there was so much shame attached to it and a lot of assumption from people around you that you must have done something. But she hadn't done anything to be barren. God was had a divine plan and purpose for their lives. And what's amazing to me is even though God hadn't given them what they wanted, they kept their heart engaged with him. And then came the day when it was Zachariah's turn to offer sacrifices at the temple. And to me, it's so interesting that even though he kept his heart engaged with the things of God, he was overwhelmed when he experienced the move of God. You know, when the angel showed up in the temple and said that your wife will bear a son, he hardly could believe it, and he was made mute. I mean, just think about it. And every time we see a story in Scripture, when someone encounters an angel of God, they're terrified. I mean, there's so much power and glory in the heavenly realm. But I want you to think about this. The delay wasn't to punish them. It wasn't punitive. It wasn't because they sinned. The delay was for the divine purposes of God, because the son Elizabeth would bear was John, who had the spirit and power of Elijah, and who would announce the coming of the Lord. And Scripture says in Luke's Gospel, people used to say she was barren. And my whole point of that chapter is saying, do you believe that God could change the narrative about you, that people used to say this about you, but maybe there are things that are true about you today that you wish weren't? Do you believe God can change that narrative? Because God does that every single day. And so that chapter really is, it's time for hope to make a comeback, because this is the God we serve. And that's why, Scott, I think it's so imperative that we not just numb out and throw caution to the wind, 
What if this is the holiday season? God wants to impart new dreams into your heart. What if he's whispering something you need to hear that has to do with your story, the redemption of your story? I mean, if there's ever a time to prepare him room, it is absolutely right now. Now, Susie, what's the best way to reset that when we feel like we don't have the hope that we used to have, but we know we probably should? I always go back to, you know, time and space with God, because, it, you, you know, there's times he's speaking. You know, you can easily say, I don't hear God speaking. He's not saying anything to me. Oftentimes, if you look closely at your schedule, he's speaking. It's just we're running. We're running way too fast and too hard. There are times of silence where the heavens seem silent, but oftentimes that is to mature us to trust what he's already told us. And those those seasons come to an end, but there are, there are purpose in them. But if you feel like you've just been kind of lost hope, lost a sense of expectancy, it really begs for you to have some time with God and just to share with him your disappointments. You know, because when you start to pull that stuff out of the basement of your soul, you're able to say, you know, the fact that I prayed this and I got this, that hurt. And I'm disappointed. I mean, God wants you to bring those things to him so he can bring truth to your soul and and heal you. And you and I talked about my book, Strong in Battle, Why the Humble Will Prevail. And I say over and over again in that book, every day we're given an opportunity to either accuse God or trust him. Well, I would say, again, especially at this time of year, if you've got all these buried hurts and then you see all the Hallmark movies and all the Christmas commercials, really, truly, if you're honest, there's a massive discrepancy between what the perfect holidays look like and what you feel like on the inside. And again, the temptation then is to numb out and put on a good front because it's so painful to go, that's really not my reality. Well, first of all, it's not their reality either. They're on a movie set with makeup and cameras. But the idea of a festive, a truly joy-filled festive holiday season actually can happen if you give God some time and you give him some space, which I, and I would say, look ahead on your December calendar and X out some days where you plan not to have plans. And that takes some self-restraint where you sit down, put on some instrumental music, sit by your tree, open your Bible and your journal and start to tell God this hurt. This I'm still waiting on. I want you to take Zachariah and Elizabeth's example. Their home was empty. There was no children laughing and or crying. They, their, her womb was empty but they kept their hearts in it. And then there was a suddenly moment. And you just need to know your faith, your drawing near to God always gets a response from God. He draws near when you draw near. When you cry out to him, your cry reaches his ears. He is a loving father and he wants you to help help you sort through your story in a way where you start to feel hope again. It's wild. I've had quite a few friends that have had some serious loss in their family this year. And I know the Christmas season when every other song is talking about being with friends and family and you're like, wait, what about me? I feel forgotten. I feel isolated. I think it's a good reminder to look around at our friends who don't have a support system right now or have had a loss in their life. And yeah, maybe they have somewhere to go on Christmas Day, but maybe the day after they don't, maybe the day before they don't. And it's looking around in your circle of influence, looking around in your circle of influence and say, there's a lot of hurt during this season that maybe I'm not feeling, but maybe I can be one that can help my friends cope with their loss and their grief. That's just beautiful. And there are, and you pray about that, or you maybe already know someone and make yourself available. I mean, Scripture says that He refreshes those who refresh others. And even when you tend to the healing of others, there's something in you that gets healed too, because we're just not made to go this alone. So I love that, Scott. I think, man, if each of us could identify someone who's hurting this season. I just know for me, I love this season, Scott, but I will say some of my most painful traumatic moments with chronic health issues and, and babies in the hospital happened at Christmas time, And that's why it feels like this bittersweet time. On one hand, it's so fun to enter into the festivity, but on the other hand, 
not everybody's living their best life and they feel completely passed by and overlooked. So if we could remember that and walk this journey together, we'd lighten everybody's burden a bit. You know, Christmas tends to bring out the entitlement in some of us. And I'm Scott Harold on SWS Radio. We're talking with Susie Larson, and she's a best-selling author. She actually wrote a brand new book. It's called Prepare Him Room, and it waits through Advent. And in one of the devotionals in this book, you say, ask, don't demand. And you explore how, on one hand, Jesus invites us to ask and keep asking, but that posture is quite different than being demanding. Yeah, I love that chapter so much because I actually kind of paint the picture of Jesus slipping away from the disciples, get on his knees to converse with his father. And I tried to illustrate him on his knees with a smile on his face as he's enjoying fellowship with the father. And one of his disciples kind of comes through the brush and catches him praying, going, wow, you know, how do you do that? Teach me to pray. I mean, do you ever feel fear? And how come when you pray, people are healed every time? And so this kind of earnest, humble show us. And Jesus says, you know, ask and keep asking, knock and keep knocking. So he's telling them, keep asking. And he gives the parable like of the persistent widow before the unrighteous judge. And yet a little bit later in that story, then he's with the crowd kind of gets thick, you know, lots of different people. And every time the crowd grew, you know, there was diversity in the crowd. There were those who were hanging on every word Jesus had to say. There were those who were curious. There were those who were skeptics. And there were those who actually were making plots and plans to catch him in a trap. So, And Jesus was well aware of the mixture of the people and attitudes and motives in the crowd. But someone in the crowd then was demanding a sign, like, you know, you show me and prove to me who you are, and I'll let you know if I decide you're the Savior. Well, that is, Jesus was not bound by his dictates and would not fall into that. And that's why if you're reading the story from the distance, you're kind of thinking, wait, Jesus said to ask, and then that guy asked for a sign. And he got in trouble. But those are two different postures completely. Drawing near in humility to say, show me more, teach me more. I got to know you more. I want to know how to pray. And I want to see mountains move versus, you know, putting God on trial somehow and deciding what you decide about Jesus. And those are just two different postures. And I think it's so important because we don't demand anything from Jesus. We do what he says and we trust what he does. We're talking with Susie Larson on SWS Radio about the new things we've noticed, and we've been reading through the Christmas story again this year. I'm Scott on SWS Radio. And Susie, like in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, it talks about the purification rites for women who recently gave birth. And I'll be honest, as a guy, a lot of times like I just kind of like read through that one, not thinking a whole lot about it. But then I notice that it says... But if she cannot afford a lamb, then she can take two turtle doves or two young pigeons, uh, the one for the burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And I was like, okay, that's interesting that it says that. But then as I was reading through Luke chapter 2 this year, it was talking about how Mary and Joseph presented two turtle doves or a pigeon because they couldn't afford a lamb. And I was like, wait a second, the Lamb of God... The rules from the Old Testament, Jesus fulfilling, he's atonement for sin. It's like, wait a second, this is telling us that this couple was very likely very poor, and Jesus couldn't have been born into more humble circumstances. That's really a beautiful insight. And, you know, you think about that. The king of the universe, imagine him. You know, in Hebrews 12, it talks that he's gathered around by thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You know, he's the king of the universe, Jesus, king of all kings. And imagine him taking off his robe, you know, stepping out of that that stratosphere, so to speak, crawling into the womb of a teenage girl and entering the world through poverty, and, you know, in a, in a place where, you know, animals were sleeping at night. I mean, he came to the lowliest and the most lost 
of all of us and entered in to, so that we would understand that he came for all of us. And I just think that is such a powerful story. And I love that observation when I was thinking about Jesus and how he came. You know, it's like so many of the Jewish leaders who knew scripture, they had it so memorized, yet they missed Jesus when he came. Yet others who were so expectant of the Savior, of the Messiah, they discerned him when he was a baby. Some of these Jewish leaders saw his miracles. He was living out prophecies, and they still missed him enough to want to kill him. But like Anna and Simeon, discerned even when he was an infant, this is the one we've been waiting for. And I would say, Scott, so it goes today. You know, there are people who maybe read the Word, but have don't have a heart for God, or maybe they consider themselves religious, but they don't have a relationship, and they miss the move of God. But when you walk intimately with him and you're humble before him and you understand at every turn, Jesus blew the doors off of man's expectation of what he should do, what he should be like and what he should accomplish. If you can put take him out of your puny little box and because he won't be put there. Right. And step back and say, open my eyes to see you as you are, not as I think you should be. You will start to encounter God in the way that he actually is. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media.